For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me as we begin a brand new week. This is your go-to for Hot Liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please follow me on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also, by email, I'm at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right, we've got big shows coming up. I just want to let you know here on Thursday, of course, we're going to be here and live as we are today. I know we're closing in on Christmas, but the news does not take a break and therefore neither do we. So, of course, we will be here uh, the rest of this week. We will be here next week. Next week, I've got phenomenal shows for you. I mean, really big shows. I'll tell you more about that on Thursday. But next week, just because it's a vacation week for many people, not a vacation week for the Monica Crowley podcast, not a vacation week for any of us. We are coming to work to save our country. Okay, so on Thursday, I'm going to let you know what we've got cooking for the final week of the year. Guys, can you believe it? The final week of 2023, that is crazy to me. Time flies. I know it's a cliche, but it is so true. And then, of course, next year, well, this is going to be your go-to for 2024. All things presidential election, all things general election, all things primary election, this is going to be your go-to place. We're going to be all over it, okay, in ways that most people are not. This is why you come to this show. So we're going to gear up uh, over the next week and a half to launch 2024 with a real bang. Um, Thursday this week, we're going to focus on, well, we're going to have some fun because we are closing in on Christmas. So we're going to bring you some Christmas cheer. In addition to on Thursday, I want to cover these latest headlines on illegal immigration. Also, The Biden campaign is relying on a couple of people here to deliver victory. I want to deal with that on Thursday also, plus any breaking news coming at us between now and then. So Thursday's show is going to be big. Next week's shows are going to be big. Today, we also have a huge show for you. I want to get into a bunch of stuff here. But later on in today's show, we're going to be joined by pop icon, Tiffany. I think we're alone now. You remember that number one hit? Also a number one hit could have been back-to-back number one hits in the late 1980s. Tiffany is going to join us. I could not be happier. Huge longtime fan of hers. I'm going to fangirl out and you're going to want to hear that. She's got a brand new Christmas single out. It is terrific. She is terrific. Tiffany 
is going to join us here moments away. And lest I forget, you're getting double Monica goodness this week because in addition to this program, which you know and love, I am guest hosting for my good friend Dinesh D'Souza on his podcast. So check out his podcast on YouTube and Rumble. I'm doing his show every day. It has been so much fun, so fantastic. So you're getting double barrel Monica Crowley. What could be better? First up today, sex, lies, and videotape. And that's just the Biden crime family. I've been waiting to use that line all day. (laughs) Sex, lies, and videotape. We are going to get to the Biden crime family, which covers all of those bases here in just a second. But here I am first referring to the United States Senate, actually all of Capitol Hill, actually all of Washington, D.C., All of Washington, D.C. is apparently the Hunger Games Capital District. There is corruption. There is lying. There is deception. There is thievery. There is adultery. There is treason. There is bribe-taking. There are sexual hijinks. There are hookers. There's drugs. There's coke in the White House. The Hunger Games Capital District is our Capital District. May the odds be ever in your favor. This is what we are dealing with, the depth of degeneracy, debauchery, and corruption, and and frankly, evil, evil. You guys know I talk about the spiritual war all the time on this show. I bring in guests, and including one big one next week, which you are going to love, because we're going to talk about this in more depth next week. But the evil is real. Evil is everywhere, and it is real. And man, is evil having a field day. So I guess it was on Friday or Saturday, the news broke, the Daily Caller, I think, had it first, of videotape of a Democrat Senate staffer having gay sex in the Senate Judiciary Hearing Room on the exact dais where Sonia Sotomayor sat for her Senate confirmation hearing to the U.S. Supreme Court. So where she once sat, we were treated to a male butt going up and down. Guys, all of these institutions, the White House where there's coke and depths of corruption and debauchery going back, well, from the beginning of the White House when it was built, certainly through JFK, who used to frolic in the White House pool with two White House secretaries he called Fiddle and Faddle. And that's just the top of it. Bill Clinton with Monica Lewinsky getting all kinds of sexual favors in the Oval Office. A lot of stuff has gone down in our Hunger Games Capital District, but all of those buildings, the White House, the Senate, the House, the Supreme Court, all of these buildings are our buildings. We pay for them, okay? They are the people's houses, and they are defiled on a regular basis, around the clock, apparently, So this is uh, Democrat Senator Ben Cardin. He had a legislative aide named Aiden Mays Seropsky, who was having gay sex and apparently filming a gay porno in the Senate Judiciary Hearing Room. Um, Two naked men right there on the dais going at it. 
going at it. Somebody had to sign out that room. You can't just wander into a hearing room on Capitol Hill. You've got to sign it out on behalf of your boss if you want that room. So it was signed out to Senator Ben Cardin. But the idea that this was just allowed to happen, understand, guys, all of Washington, D.C., the entire Hunger Games Capitol District is under surveillance cameras 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You walk down the street, let's say 8th Street, going to the McDonald's or the Starbucks, you're on tape. Every block you walk, you are being watched or at least recorded. And certainly in the White House, on Capitol Hill, every room, every hallway, every sidewalk, every bit of it is under surveillance. So obviously, for this to happen and be allowed to go on without security storming the room, somebody had to sign out the room, somebody had to uh, wave off security, somebody had to turn off the surveillance cameras. So this story is much bigger than just this aide who got fired, by the way. Senator Cardin fired him. Well, I would hope so. But he fired him. And, uh, you know, with no no real fanfare, no, just um, he is no longer employed by the United States Senate. We will have no further comment on personnel matters. What? Your staff was making a gay porno in the people's house for all the world to see in all of his nakedness. Okay. So set apart the fact that this is totally disgusting and the Senate and the White House, all of it needs to be fumigated when Donald Trump comes back. All of it needs to be just fumigated. This guy, Aiden Mazeropsky, who got fired, first of all, he played the victim. He was like, woe is me. Well, while I displayed poor judgment, he said in a statement, he said he's being attacked for who he loves because of a political agenda. Quote, this has been a difficult time for me. Oh, it's a difficult time for you, is it, Aiden? As I have been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. I love my job, he said, and would never disrespect my workplace. Um, excuse me. You were butt naked having sex on a table where Sonia Sotomayor had her confirmation hearing to the Supreme Court. But you're not going to disrespect your workplace? I'm sorry, my friend, but if you're showing your bare naked butt and having sex with a dude, you are disrespecting your workplace. So we play the victim. He gets canned, but here's the kicker. Our friend Laura Loomer broke the story and broke so much about the story. Go look at her Twitter feed because it's amazing. She's going to be on this show. I'm going to be on her show in the new year. I can't wait. She does the real digging. And she found, first of all, that he has put up a number of pretty disgusting tweets, social media posts about Joe Biden, including one, the New York Post is also reporting, where he tweeted out, I want Joe Biden to spit in my mouth. Okay, Um, there's that. Then he made a sexual innuendo about Senator Lindsey Graham. So I think this story is a lot bigger than anybody is talking about or anybody knows. I think this kind of behavior goes on all the time. And again, 
you know, people are sexual beings and then there's power. So where there's power, there's sex and where there's sex, there's power. So I'm not naive to say this is the first time that this has happened, but I think that there are big rings, gay rings. Uh, I think there are all kinds of sex rings, prostitution rings, drug rings, trafficking rings going on out of Washington. And look, it's everywhere, unfortunately, because that's the nature of evil. But in our Hunger Games Capital District, this stuff is going on all of the time. And another point that Laura Loomer uh, exposed is that this aide, now fired, was a registered foreign agent dealing with the Dominican Republic. So you've got Joe Biden, who is bent over for the Chinese Communist Party to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. You've got uh, Senator Menendez, who is being accused of foreign influence peddling. The late Dianne Feinstein had a CCP spy as her chauffeur for years. You have Eric Swalwell, who was having sex with a Chinese communist spy. And now you've got this aide, who is a foreign registered foreign agent, again, now gone. But the guy he was having sex with is out of Germany and allegedly a German intelligence asset of some kind. So when you look at the Democrats, is there anybody on that side who is not compromised? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? And here's the bigger point about all of this, okay? This is not just about two guys having sex in an inappropriate place. This is about the depth of rot, of moral rot, in our Hunger Games Capital District and across the country. Not you and me, not middle America, not the deplorables, not America first, but our betters, the system, the regime folks, the elites, the people leading us to ruin, these are the people engaged in this. And the fact that these two guys thought that they could do this there tells you something big. It tells you that the left and all of the uniparty operatives, because they control literally everything, from government to the propaganda press to big tech to the culture, because they control it all, they feel invincible. They know that they can get away with it all. Because they control everything, they can protect one another, and they do. So they just flippantly go about their immoral, outrageous, despicable, corrupt business. And then when they're caught, they shrug it off. Hillary destroying 35,000 emails, oh well. The January 6th committee destroying all of the evidence, oh well. There are no consequences to their actions, This is the protection of evil, you see? And so the idea that they could go and do this is a much bigger story than, you know, two people getting it on. This is about the depth of moral rot in Washington, D.C. that is spread throughout the country, but it is also the depth of evil that has pervaded. This is what we're fighting It's not just Joe Biden and the Democrats. This is spiritual battle, guys. 
spiritual battle. And that's what makes this episode much bigger than just these two men. All right, when we come back, I want to deal with some of the polling, which shows uh, the left is not having a good day. Again, they control everything. So they have big stuff planned for next year, but the numbers are trending against them, which makes this a very dangerous moment. Sit tight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, guys, welcome back. In a couple of minutes here, we're going to be joined by Tiffany, the 1980s pop star, back-to-back number one hits, a true legend. She is amazing. Remember the mall tour? Mall tour was epic. We're going to talk to her about all of that, plus her new Christmas single. That is coming up moments away because, look, it is the week before Christmas. we got to have some fun or we'll go bananas. Okay, before we get to Tiffany, though, I want to break down some of these polls. Um, President Trump, according to Rasmussen, has opened up a 10-point lead over the corrupt, demented hack Joe Biden. In a two-way rematch, Trump is currently at 48% to Biden's very soft 38%. When you add in Bobby Kennedy as an independent, Trump still wins with 40% compared to 32% for Biden, 16% for Kennedy. That is a four-point jump for Kennedy. Last month, he was at about 12% in Rasmussen. Now, this poll is important for two reasons. The first is that just a month ago, Rasmussen had Trump four points behind Joe Biden, 42 to 46%. So that means now they have him up 10. That is a swing of 14 points in one month. Guys, that is like unheard of. It's unheard of. Usually you get a couple of swings here and there. 14 points among likely voters, that is massive. The second important point here is that recently Rasmussen had been one of Joe Biden's rare bright spots in the polling because in their daily tracking poll of his approval rating, he was trending better uh, than other polling companies with his job approval. And that's also really ironic because the left has been pounding Rasmussen for years for being a right-wing pollster. Well, they're not. They're fair. But now he has slipped Even in that measure, you drill down on some of these uh, internal numbers, and it's unbelievable. Trump is winning 28% of the black vote. I mean, if that's even remotely close to being accurate, it is curtains for Joe Biden and the Democrats. Curtains, 28%. I know that sounds like small until you realize that most Republican candidates get like 8%. Of the black vote. 28%. Wow. Okay. He needs, Joe Biden needs at least 85% of the black vote to win. So if this number is even, you know, partly true, this is a big disaster. Also, young people, 
Biden is like sucking salt with the young people. Only 38% of 18 to 39-year-olds support Joe Biden. Trump is getting 41% of the youth vote, the youths. In 2020, Biden crushed Trump with the younger voters, crushed them. So when you're looking at the breakdown of like traditional Democrat constituencies, black voters, Latino voters, young people, um, Biden is like really sucking salt. And that's why, you know, you've got some big Democrats now speaking out publicly like, this is not good. Uh, Fox News had a poll released yesterday that showed that 70% of the American people polled believe that the country is going in the wrong direction. 70%. And on the top issue for the vast majority of voters, which is the economy, Joe Biden is in really bad shape, according to this Fox poll, but this is borne out in all these other polls, including, hang tight here, I've got um, a morning consult Bloomberg poll, and it shows that the economy is the number one issue for 39%, and then immigration for 14%, uh, and it goes through. You know, abortion is way down at 6%. Um, healthcare at 2%. So the economy is by far the number one issue. And guess what? In that poll, Donald Trump leads Joe Biden by 18 points on who is most trusted on the economy. Trump at 50%, Joe Biden at 32. I want to know who the 32% are. I mean, I guess it's the Biden crime family all weighing in on that one. So Donald Trump is actually at 50%. On the economy, and certainly on on breakdown issues like inflation, etc., Donald Trump is far more trusted in the handling of this. That morning consult Bloomberg poll also shows Donald Trump leading Joe Biden in all of the swing states, leading Biden by 11 points in North Carolina, seven points in Georgia, six points in Wisconsin, five points in Nevada, four points in Michigan, three points in Arizona, and one point in Pennsylvania. Again, this is early. We're 11 months out, and a million things are going to happen. Okay, a million things are going to happen between now and then. Most of them, not good. And we're going to deal with this as we get into the new year about what the deep state might have planned. Um, But right now... Even if you cut these leads in half, assuming that maybe they're way off or or they're being tilted toward Trump on purpose, Trump is still leading by very healthy margins here. Um, Getting back to this Fox News poll on the economy. Those who say that they have a negative view of the economy under Joe Biden, 93% of Republicans, which is predictable, 85% of independents. That is a massive number, guys. And listen to this. 61% of Democrats have a negative view of the economy. That is all feeding into these big poll numbers for Donald Trump. And this is why you've got big Democrats like Obama. You know, there was a big story a couple of days ago in the Wall Street Journal saying that Barack Obama is starting to really worry. 
Remember, Biden was his VP. Obama picked up the phone when, you know, Biden lost. He lost uh, both Iowa and New Hampshire, I believe. Obama picked up the phone, called James Clyburn in South Carolina and said, we got to have our guy win. He's the puppet. So you got to deliver South Carolina to Joe Biden and create some momentum. That's what went down. So when you have the puppeteer, Barack Obama, really worried about Joe Biden, um, you're going to have movement here on the Democratic side. You're going to have real movement here because Barack and Michelle Obama are the ones at the top of the left. And they're not thrilled here by the way things are going. And if they decide to make a move, whether it's for Michelle or someone else, We don't know yet, but if they decide a move needs to happen, they're the ones who are going to pull the rug out. On top of all of it, you've got Hunter Biden in a world of legal hurt now. And again, guys, the only reason Hunter Biden is facing these nine charges out of California, he will be arraigned on January 11th. We'll be watching that, of course. But the only reason that Hunter Biden is now in the legal crosshairs is because, number one, a judge saw that they were trying to pull the wool over her eyes. Uh, This was back in the summer, and she was like, excuse me, what is this plea deal? She blew the whole thing up, so at least there's one judge who's going to work every day. The only reason that you're seeing any of this, number one, you've got one honest judge, but the left has decided that Joe Biden is a liability. Otherwise, they'd be continuing to protect Hunter. And now there's James Biden, the brother. James Biden, um, it came out, there was a long piece in the Washington Post, I guess it was over the weekend, about James Biden, who was there selling access and and influence peddling based on his brother. There is no... There are no international business transactions, whether it's with China or Ukraine or Romania or God knows who, without Joe Biden in high office. All of these transactions were based on leveraging Biden's high office. And this James Biden story goes back to when Joe Biden was a U.S. senator. So they were peddling influence back then and... You know, remember, Joe Biden was more than happy to be this corrupt and the family was was happy to be this corrupt because they were making money when he was in the Senate. Even when he was vice president, it was like, well, I'm still flying under the radar here with all of this crap and, and we're getting rich, making tens of millions of dollars and we're Democrats, so we're protected. Nobody covers this, so we're all good. Well... Um, he becomes president because they needed a puppet. And now all of this is coming out. But again, Joe Biden, James Biden, Hunter Biden, Sarah Biden, the whole thing. Oh, and yesterday we hear that Ashley Biden, Joe Biden's daughter, is in arrears with the IRS. She's got a tax lien of $5,000. That may not sound like much, but it's still a $5,000 lien from the IRS. So all of their talk about, oh, we're above it all, pay your fair share, they're not doing any of that. And it's easy to call it hypocrisy, but you know what? That, that charge just doesn't stick. 
because the left does not care at all about being called hypocrites. They could care less. Again, they control everything, so they do whatever they want. This is hierarchy. This is the elites, the system, the regime operatives, just going about their business, breaking laws, engaged in corruption, bribery, maybe even treason, because they know that they can get away with it. It's hierarchy. It's not hypocrisy. So this is where we are. And on top of it all, we've got an impeachment that looks like it is going to roll on Joe Biden come next year. They're setting up interviews. They are going to interview James Biden, the brother. He has agreed to cooperate. That can't be good for old Joe. Okay. Um, And they are certainly going after Joe. Now, his first press secretary, Jane Psaki, she's at MSNBC now. And she was asked about this impeachment inquiry. And here's what she said. In this alternate reality, it is the current president, Joe Biden, who is now the subject of an impeachment inquiry for a mysterious and sprawling scandal no one can explain involving bribery and corruption. Now, there is, of course, no evidence at all to suggest that any of it is true. But that is still the story that is being mainlined into a huge portion of the country right now. So she calls it a mysterious and sprawling scandal no one can explain. Well, actually, yes, everybody can explain it, Jen. This is basic bribery. It's selling out your high office, in this case, the vice presidency, to some of America's worst enemies like the Chinese Communist Party, but also the corrupt regime in Ukraine and and corrupt regimes elsewhere in order to enrich and empower yourselves and change American policy. So that's what we're looking at here. And unfortunately for you and your ilk, Jen, most people understand bribery straight up. This is no complicated land deal called Whitewater in like some valley in Arkansas. This is straight up bribery which most of the American people understand quite well. That's why you're seeing these poll numbers take a dive. It's the the economy, the border, all of these catastrophes, and then folded in the Biden family corruption. That's why you're seeing these poll numbers for Biden tank, and that's why you're seeing the reaction of powerful people on the left like Barack and Michelle Obama, David Axelrod, and others say, "Mm, you know what? It's not looking too good for Joe. We might have to make a move. All right. uh, When we come back, we're going to switch gears and have some fun with the great pop icon, Tiffany. Um, Sit tight to the end of the show, and I'll tell you what's coming up here on Thursday. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Okay, guys, welcome back. I am truly so excited for this conversation. As you guys know, I have been talking about this for a couple of days now on this show because I am literally jumping out of my skin. 
as promised, we have with us today a very, very special guest, a true pop superstar. If you were a child of the 1980s like I am, then you know and love this woman and her music. Tiffany dominated the pop charts in the late 1980s with back-to-back number one singles. Do you know how hard that is to do? Back-to-back number one singles. We're talking like the Beatles, okay? Like the Beatles do back-to-back number ones. Tiffany did it. Two songs, I Think We're Alone Now, which of course everybody knows, could have been, everybody knows. Plus, I saw him standing there, which also I think reached number one, but we'll ask her about that. Also, so many hits that we all know and love. She became the youngest female artist to ever top the Billboard charts with her self-titled debut album. And to date, she has sold more than 15 million albums. Those songs and so much more of her music were just everywhere. Everybody was dancing and singing to Tiffany. I can attest many hours in my bedroom singing to Tiffany into a hairbrush and I know I'm not the only one, okay? We still are singing to Tiffany. Last year, she released her 11th studio album called Shadows, and she continues to tour like she did just a couple of years ago with the North American Mixtape Tour with the New Kids on the Block, which was a huge, huge event. She is currently in production for her 2024 European and UK tour, which is going to include headlining summer festivals, TV hosting, national press coverage as well. She's going to be returning to acting. She's got a small business called Radical Reds, which is, uh, it features her custom hand-painted jackets, which supports her favorite charity, Children's Miracle Network, which is an unbelievable charity. And if all of that weren't enough, she's got a brand new Christmas single out called Angels All Around, which is so amazing and inspirational. And in these dark times, we really need to focus on music the things that bring us all together. For more information about the single and about everything Tiffany is doing, her website is tiffanytunes.com. And she joins us now. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. Hi. Well, it's so amazing to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot going on with Angels All Around, the new single. We just did the video. So that's out there, guys, if you're interested on YouTube. And, of course, TiffanyTunes.com will take you to all things Stiff World. But we just finished it. It's just been released last week. So I'm riding high on that. I love when all the finishing touches come together, you know. Uh, so it's, I mean, this song is just so personable for me because it really came from the fans reaching out to me last year when we were still going through COVID and people just sharing their messages with me and their, you know, their, uh, you know, vulnerability and their aloneness and, you know, just opening their heart to me. And I was definitely going through the same thing, like freaking out the world is what shut down, what happened? Uh, and missing my, my relatives, my grandma, my dad, everybody that's passed on. So, you know, we started writing a song that was kind of my message and their message together. And then, you know, we ended up releasing it just on piano vocal uh, last year. And then this year, my co-writer Margie Hauser and Mark Alberici, we all just decided to go big. 
the song really needed like, you know, the vocalists on it and the choir and all the different musicians. So we were able to go into a sound emporium here in Nashville and re-record it uh, and then put it out, Angels All Around. So it's getting a lot of great traction. It's doing everything I wanted it to do where, you know, I'm getting great messages, people going, this song is so healing. Thank you. Uh, It's really lifted me up, you know. I'm missing my family this year, and that had nothing to do with COVID. They passed away, and this time's always hard for me. So, you know, it's it's as a songwriter, it's it's something when you can touch somebody's heart like that and give them that kind of, I don't know, inspiration. So, I'm really kind of all smiles in the last like week or so, <laughs> as you should be. Oh, as you should be, because the song really is so beautiful. I mean, the tune, the music, of course, is amazing, as all your stuff is. But the lyrics are so hopeful. And, you know, as I was listening to the song and reading the lyrics and reading the background about how the song came to be, as you just stated, it is about giving people hope and telling people that they're not alone, which, you know, struck me as really important and also kind of ironic because your first major hit was I think we're alone now (laughs) right and now it's come sort of full circle where you've put out a song telling people you're not alone well I mean that's you know that's funny I I have this thing all the time I'm like can somebody take a picture with me rather than just my selfies on social media or you know again like people writing to me about their messages of feeling alone I was like they feel comfortable with me because I'm the, I think we're alone now, girl, (laughs) Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think that's no matter what we've been through a lot in the last three, four years, you Mm -hmm. know, but also it's just, it really is a time that, you know, used to be so happy for me. And I love Christmas. I love, you know, the the beginning of the new year, all of it. I'm one of those traditionalists, you know, I make my list of everything that's going to, I don't try to, not to put too much pressure on myself, but, you know, things that you want to improve. I think that's the whole point of, you know, uh, your checklist or, you know, New Year's resolutions and all that jazz. But, you know, unfortunately for me, December, a lot of my family passed away in December. So it's taken on a bittersweet thing for me. And then over the years, you know, as you get older, my son's 31. He leaves to California for extended family. You don't have everybody gathering in the same place, maybe my sisters moved to Nashville, but they have their own homes now, you know, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, that tug of war of who's going to have what at their house and they've got kids and things like that small one. So they've got traditional things they have to do. So, you know, it, it's change and change is can be exciting, but also, you know, it can be kind of scary. It can be kind of lonely. Um, and so, you know, again, there's so many people reaching out to me about this song that I love that they're just like, you know, some people are going, I just close my eyes and remember the memories, you know, with some of the lyrics that you've written here, I feel like they're not far away that I had those memories. And I said, well, thank you. That's part of the song as well. I want people to feel comforted in their current situation, but also realize that, you know, there's always some good memories to hold on to as well. If you can get that little smile, you know, that little warm heart, then, you know, hopefully this this song has done its job. 
Oh, absolutely. And it's it really does both do two jobs because it's a new song, so you can create new memories to the song as you gather around the tree with your family, however you celebrate. But also, as you say, you close your eyes and you hear your voice. And like I said, for those of us who were there with you when your career was launching in the 1980s, there's a real nostalgia. There's a real like warmth about you and your persona and your music. And I think that brings a lot of people comfort. Well, I hope so. I mean, I'm grateful to still be doing music after 30 something years uh, and to be known as now as a songwriter and, you know, have independent businesses. You mentioned my online boutique, Radical Reds. Uh, I also am chefing. Uh, I've got cookbooks. So all things, again, TiffanyTunes.com, Tiff's World. But, you know, I've got my cooking Zooms that I do. I'm working on my new cookbook with Chef Alicia. She's a celebrity chef out of Las Vegas. So moving in different areas, just kind of loving all of it. Uh, And then, of course, new music on the horizon for next year and definitely shows touring. And that's, I mean, I think that's, you know, my grounding really is that i I'm still able to go out and sing I Think We're Alone Now and make people happy. And, you know, we have a really good time. I love the festivals because they're just a bunch of great artists that I get to fan over. But also there's just a happy place there when you're doing these 80s festivals. There's, a, you know, there's something about 80s music that was uh, a good time. It makes us happy. One hundred percent. I am a child of the 80s. So I, you know, I grew up with all this music. But when I'm in my car, and I'm listening to Sirius XM, it's only 80s on aid. And I think maybe one of the reasons, Tiffany, is because... You know, I I know with the passage of time, everything sort of gets romanticized in your memory, like the 1980s, but it genuinely was a very optimistic time, whether, you know, it was, uh, whether it was politically or socially or economically, there was a real optimistic energy in the country, and that was reflected in the culture, including music, and you were right there in the center of that. So I do think, you know, when people think of that era, and they think of you and what you did in that era, they have a warm feeling. And then, you know, what's so incredible about you is there are a lot of celebrities who flame out after a while, you know, they have their moment, and then the moment changes and the musical taste change. But what you have done is reinvent yourself. You mentioned all these other things like the the food things, the cooking shows and streaming things that you're doing, which is amazing to me because I don't cook. Um, but you've reinvented yourself. But You've also you've also gone along with the changing wave of musical taste, and that's why you're here stronger than ever. Well, thank you. I, you know, I mean, I love small business. I love you know uh, just being creative and taking those risks. And you know, for a long time, I was like, well, I don't know, I don't know how to put boutiques together or even a cookbook or anything, but. Um, I can honestly say the passing of my father, you know, he passed away about seven years ago, but that's when I opened up my, my boutiques. They were brick and mortar here in Nashville. I had two and I just kind of jumped into it because it was like, well, it's been a dream. And my dad had a lot of dreams and, you know, he fought to the very end with cancer and, you know, there's never going to be a perfect time. You just have to put your heart and soul into it and it's going to be straight out work. 
but you know, I mean, if you want it, go get it kind of thing. So that's kind of been my outlook on life with everything. Um, and I just, you know, kind of keep these ideas going. I have a great team, Team Tiff. We're small, but we're mighty. Uh, and, you know, we, we just, we work off of each other. It, COVID did that for one thing for me is just being able to meet with a lot of people who are small business or independent artists, recording artists, and how they were making things happen, how we were going to adjust and what we could keep doing, um, you know, to keep the fans happy, to keep ourselves happy, uh, you know, because music is an outlet. So I feel blessed, really, to have met these people during such a terrible time. Uh, And, you know, you kind of get that self-esteem a little bit like, okay, well, we were still doing things and we made it through during one of the hardest times that I've ever known. So now that we do have some freedom, let's go ahead and let's apply 110% and see what happens. And that's kind of what we're doing, you know, the end of 2023 into 2024, of course. So we've went bigger onto the new things, more more things to check off. But it really is, you know, again, my team um, and my fans that have stuck with me and they let me be so creative and take different chances on things. Like you said, the hand painted jackets. I do that for my charity children's miracle network. And I've always been the girl with the jean jacket, but why not, you know, make them hand painted custom. So again, you can zoom with me. We pick out your colors, leather or denim. And, uh, and then you get to see me start on your jacket while we're chit chatting and hanging out. Amazing. Uh, to wear a piece of memorable, you know, art with me. Uh, So, you know, we're just always coming up with different things that that I find fun, but also, and you know, I might play some 80s music in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Tiffany, I love it. You know, the the, one of the many great things about you is that you've always been so accessible to your fans. You're not in some, you know, uh, sitting on top of some cloud where your fans can't reach you, talk to you, share with you. And you've been like that throughout your career. In fact, one of my producers yesterday, I said, I'm so excited tomorrow I'm speaking to Tiffany. And he like dropped his mic. We were doing a Zoom and he was like, I'm sorry, who? And I said, Tiffany. He goes like, the Tiffany? And I said, yeah. And he said, oh my God, I went to her mall tour. I I am still obsessed with Tiffany. You know, I am still, she is great. Tell her I said, hi, I'm still a huge fan. So you have had that kind of real emotional close bond with your fans, which most artists cannot say that they have, but you've sustained it over uh, such a long time. And that is a huge testament to your talent, your music, and who you are. Well, thank you. Tell him I said hello, by the way. <laughs> He's going to die. I will. <laughs> I love my mall tour. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just again, I was kind of started on the scene when I was nine uh, in, mo- in country music, actually. It was my first time coming to Nashville, although born and raised in Los Angeles. My parents knew nothing about the music industry. But, you know, my dad was military and a hard worker and just kind of went, if this is what you want to do, we'll check it out, you know. Um, And, you know, they kind of tested me. I got up and sang with just random bands and I wasn't shy. I didn't care. I was like, yeah, I love it, you know. So on and on we went, word of mouth and just, you know, learning the business, really. But I think those, again, organic starts and especially in country music, 
where you see that you aren't bigger than your fans and how you can have that relationship with your fans. Um, I really do think that me standing, you know, starting in country music has instilled that in me. Um, and then the mall tour, it was so personable. You know, it was really great to go up there and rock some tunes and then have everybody walk with me to pizza. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> you know, it was, it started out 20 people, then 40 people, then 60 people, then a thousand people. So, you know, after a while I wasn't able to do that, but, um, yeah, I love the meet and greets that I do for my shows. Um, you know, if you get a chance to go to a meet and greet, I really do sit there and talk to you. People are, I mean, we get a thing called the writer, which is, you know, a venue will ask us what we want backstage. And, you know, you, they, I mean, they give us a lot of stuff. So and we're, we might take it for the next show in the band, you know, in the van for the van or something like that, all the chips and all the stuff. But it's really usually too much food. So I'm always like, well, bring these lovely platters to my meet and greet and we can all sit down and have some tea and coffee and some nibbles. They're going to be hungry after a show or before a show, you know. So people are really shocked when they come in. They're like, you're sitting here talking and trying to feed me and like hang out and you're not rushed and it's not like just get your picture and go i'm like oh no this is my time with you guys this is where i get to know all the good stuff especially as a songwriter um you know what's going on in your lives you know and how you're how you're doing and uh and i love that so nothing's changed there and i don't see it changing anytime soon i really do enjoy that so you know some of the bigger shows or if you don't have time in a city, you have to just kind of drop in, do your show and go. But, you know, if we can really take a minute um, and just, you know, hang out and do meet and greets, the band is great and we enjoy you know, meeting people. You're so grounded and you always have been, Tiffany. I, I got to ask you, because every time I have a big celebrity like you on this show, I always want to ask the fame question because we see so many stories of people, especially people like you who start in the business very young, become famous very young, that it's a very heady thing. You've got money, you've got fame. Everybody knows who you are. They're listening to your music. You're getting mobbed. Uh, the boys are thrown throwing themselves at you. I mean, it's, it's a very heady thing and it takes a very strong character to navigate that. So when that hit, when you were so, so young and especially these back-to-back number one songs, did you have a good support system in place, your family, your team, your managers? And do you feel like you navigated that well? And is there anything during that period of time that you would have done differently? There's definitely things I would have done differently. Um, but, you know, at the time, I have to set up, like, give myself a break sometimes because I was like, well, you were just a kid. I mean, I was only, you know, I got my first album de- record deal when I was 14, 15, when the mall tour started and promoting it. And by the time I was 16, it would it had pretty much blown up all over the world. So, you know, I was touring from 16 to about 19 pretty exclusively, consistently, you know, just ro- a rotation from UK to Asia to, you know, Latin America to, you know, America. So uh, we just kept the ball rolling. And and that was, you know, a weird time for me. I loved it because I was bonding with my fans and stuff. But your home life is definitely different. And I came from a different type of home life, you know, not maybe all the poshness, you know, my family is just a middle class family. But you know, it's been out there before and I love my family, but they had issues. There was a lot of uh, alcoholism. 
So communication, uh, you know, hostility and a lot of, you know, my grandparents' houses and things like that when someone was, you know, having an episode. So, you know, I mean, that was a, a place of love, but not so much comfort for me. And I think then, you know, you've got your thrown into the music industry and I was around adults a lot. And of course, you know, your managers and your labels and things like that, there's different types of demands on you, um, more business demands. So, you know, I think that at that time, no, I didn't really have a team of people that I could talk to. Um, I really did think that I kind of bonded with my fans because they were my age. And a lot of the songs that I was singing at the time, although I didn't write them, of heartbreak, feeling like you don't fit in, um, just kind of old soul stuff, you know, um, love, you know, even kind of young love and what that means. I was really living that, but I really didn't have a lot of people to really talk to about it other than my fans. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds silly, but you know, my mom and I later on became closer when she became sober, but you know, it, there was a lot of addiction, although people are great people, it's a full-time job for them. You know, there's a lot in their head all the time. So my mom wasn't really available for me at that time to be able to, you know, understand the music industry, counsel me, be something that, you know, could comfort me. Uh, my stepdad and I didn't really get on at that time because to me, he was my mom's problem. <laughs> Again, right. I was a young girl. So that's what you process. And then my grandparents were lovely and things, but you know, um, they were from an older generation and you just kind of got on with it, you know, and just, this is what it is. And you don't, you know, you ride the wave and that's it. So really I started traveling and going off in the world on my own, really. I was with labels and things like that, but it just became something that, you know, my home life was ideal when, when I come back home, you know? So I think, that's when I became an adult myself or had my son. I was going to change different things about how I had my home run. Um, peace was going to be there firstly. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, um, but yeah, I think that in a weird way, full circle, I think the reason that I didn't maybe blow it as a young teen and and fall into a lot of the, you know, uh, pit holes, if you will, uh, because I saw that already happening with my family who were good people and had nothing to do with the music industry, money, you know, fame or anything. It was just life. Uh, and so I really, you know, worked hard and was scared of that uh, in Hollywood when I was very young and had all of that fame, money and all of that. You know, people aren't going to tell you no. So I, I kind of had my barometer set really high that I, I was reading a lot of self-help books, even though I wasn't doing anything wrong. <laughs> because, you know, I thought, well, you know, this, these things, again, creep up on you. And I've seen it, you know, I've seen good people ruin their lives, mm-hmm. you know, not intentionally, but, you know, it just becomes a behavioral thing and a pattern. So, you know, I kind of escaped all of that very young. Um, you know, and I've kind of just kind of always relied on myself to some degree. Of course, in the business, I rely on my team. But, you know, I do a lot of praying, a lot of meditating uh, and just try to ground and, and have a balance in life between a career and then a personal life. 
and, you know, and, and have a real good chat with yourself and make your adjustments as you go along. And I think the biggest thing for me has been, you know, sometimes to learn to say no, because I'm an overachiever. I'm like, I could do that. And I could do that. And I could do that. That sounds fun, you know, uh, but, you know, sometimes you do have to rest. And I've been learning that probably in the last couple of years, you know, COVID again, going back there, that kind of slowed everything down at a, at a not a great time for me because I had everything geared up, ready to go. You can't get that back sometimes after you've worked so hard. But, you know, on the backside of that, I just kind of went, oh, okay, there's some things I can adjust and I can apply different things into my career and to how I work my career and meeting new people that gave it, you know, a whole new take as well. So, you know, right now, 2024 is going to be packed with a lot of different types of things, including music as well and shows. But I want to go out and meet those fans all around the world in places I haven't been to in quite some time. So I'm excited to make that happen for the end of next year. Well, we are all excited for the new music, too, because all of your music is incredible. What a career that you have had and that you continue to have and you continue to reinvent yourself, Tiffany. And as everybody can hear on this show, you're also an extraordinary person, a very good person, which in the entertainment industry is sort of rare. So it has been an absolute delight and pleasure to talk to you today. And I have to say my 1980s self is screaming right now that I'm talking to you. She is screaming. Um, Your new single is called Angels All Around. Tell everybody where they can go get it. It is streaming everywhere. You can also go to TiffanyTunes.com, guys. And YouTube is uh, hosting the video, of course. So I have my own YouTube channel there. Uh, But TiffanyTunes.com will take you to all things Tiff World. And uh, and you can hear the song there as well, Angels All Around. Well, Angels All Around is an amazing song. It gives so many people hope. It's a new holiday classic. So guys, please go stream it. Go get it wherever you get your music. And as Tiffany just said, her website is tiffanytunes.com for more information about the single and everything else that she is doing. Thank you so much, Tiffany. I really appreciate it. Rock on, girl, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much. Okay, another great show done. Thank you so much for being here and for checking out our great sponsors. We all really appreciate that. So thank you. Um, All right, on Thursday, I want to deal with, I, I have reams of stuff in front of me at all times, and I only get to like a fraction of it. I want to talk about um, the Democrats and who they're turning to for 2024. Uh, and I really want to take that apart. Also, I want to deal with the illegal immigration crisis, which just keeps getting worse and more dangerous and catastrophic every single day. We'll deal with that on Thursday as well. And we're going to have some holiday cheer here on Thursday too. So you're not going to want to miss that show. Have a great balance of your week and I will see you right back here next time. This episode of the Monica Crowley podcast was produced by Bayhockel Entertainment, LLC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.